fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into The Voice of Reason. It is a Monday, the greatest day of the week. It is also Halloween day. The official, usually, this holiday does not land on a work day, which means usually we don't get to be on the radio during Halloween festivities. But we are today, so welcome into it. Happy Monday, happy Halloween, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. As our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you to death. We love you to death. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. I have to say one complaint today. It's the only bad thing that's happened today. Just one complaint, and then I promise I'll move on. We have a lot to talk about. There are no guests today. You and I chit in the chat. Tomorrow, I was going to get a guest on talking about the uh, Mexican holiday, Day of the Dead. Because, obviously, for Halloween, kind of an appropriate thing. However, Day of the Dead is officially tomorrow, so we have the guests that rescheduled for tomorrow to be on the actual Day of the Dead. I'm going to find that kind of interesting. So we'll chat with them coming up tomorrow. Until then, you and I will just sit across the bar and chat, gaze into each other's eyes, and wonder why not everybody is uh, going for the conservatism and constitutionalism in this nation. Feels like a very big turn-on for you, right? That's what it's all about. <laughs> Welcome into the show. Uh, for those that are wandering and watching the video streams on social media, I'm going to try and show you here for a second. Yes, I am wearing a Halloween costume today. Now, it's not the one that I normally wear because I normally have my Viking get up, obviously, and especially with my hairdo. I thought the Viking thing would be appropriate, but I was feeling a bit under the weather this morning as it, it kind of officially set in over the weekend. I've been doing all right. I've been hanging in there. I've had a little bit of a stuffy nose, a little bit of the sneeziness, coldness thing going on uh, for like the last week. I've been doing really, really well with it. Until this weekend, we were out doing trick-or-treating a lot over the, the trunk-or-treats that happened all over town throughout the weekend, and I think the chill got to me. So I was feeling in kind of like a cozy, cuddly kind of mood. So I wore my Ted for those, remember the, t- the the movie, Ted, the bear with Seth MacFarlane? Yeah, I wore my Ted outfit, which is a like a fuzzy bear onesie thing, and it says Thunder Buddies for Life on here. If you know the movie, then you'll completely get it. If not, don't worry about it, but it's Thunder Buddies for Life. So I'm wearing my onesie today, my onesie bear outfit, and of course, like usual, I walk in to the radio company that I work at here in Wichita, Kansas at Steckline Communications, and I am the only person in this entire building that wore a Halloween costume on Halloween. Come on, man. Come on. I don't get it. Why? Especially being in the radio industry, we're supposed to have personality, and I don't know why. Now, somebody else did wear a Halloween shirt, which was awesome, but everybody else... Normal day. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. I didn't get the memo that we were supposed to wear costumes. Really? It's Halloween. That's your memo right there. It's Halloween. Wear a damn costume. Have some fun with it. So, of course, I look like the dork that's out there all by my lonesome sitting in studio knocking out. Now, I will say it's 70 degrees here in Wichita, Kansas today as well. I don't know where it's at wherever you're listening across the country, but it is hot. 
and I've been in my sweat lodge today. So whatever cold I may or may not have is getting sweated out today, so I guess it worked out for its own benefit as well. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Happy Halloween to you. It's been a fun Halloween weekend. Saturday, I did my local program here in the Wichita area, and afterwards, little voice of reason, she is eight. She dressed up. What does she dress up as this year? She dressed up as a as a fair or as a uh, ancient Egyptian princess. Oh yeah, she has a costume for the Egyptian look, and she got all decked out, had the makeup and everything, looked quite fantastic, and she had fun. I want is that cultural appropriating? I don't know. I, we're going to get to that in a second because apparently they came out with their tips. I was surprised because I had not seen a lot this year on the cultural appropriation of Halloween costumes for children. But I'm curious if wearing the clothes of an ancient Egyptian and an Egyptian princess, is if that's culturally appropriating. I don't know. But we went around trick-or-treating and trunk-or-treating. She had a great time. She got way too much candy, which here, here's the tip for you. Go to the trunk-or-treats a couple days before the actual trick-or-treating in your community. Go around, get an entire massive bag of candy, and then turn around and use that to give away to the trick-or-treaters at your community on the night of. Works great. Don't have to go buy candy because I don't like enjoying, I don't eat candy a whole lot anyways. We don't keep a whole lot of candy in the house. She'll keep a few of her favorite pieces, and then we turn around and give the vast majority of it back away for our trick-or-treating that's going to happen tonight. But we did that on Saturday. It was fun, though, because Little Voice Reason, she's eight years old. For those that may be new listeners to the program, she's eight years old. And she told us as we were doing the trick-or-treating that for the first year, for the first time ever, she wants to go to a haunted house. Now, obviously, being as young as she is, we haven't taken her to a haunted house. I know. So she said she wanted to go, and the reason she wanted to was because she would be the first one in her grade to go to a haunted house, and she saw a YouTube video about a kid's haunted house and thought it was going to be this nice, heartwarming, lovey-dovey fun thing that she gets to enjoy. We said, all right, if you're ready, then that means you're old enough, and you now get to go to a haunted house. So we took her, and it was a it was a smaller one, and they didn't open until dark, and it was an outside one to where they get you on a bus, and then they drive you around this field, and then they drop you off. Then you have to walk through this thing that they have made, and then it's actually uh, partially into the woods as well, and you walk into the haunted woods and everything else uh, too. So she, we, we are trying to scare her. If look, if you're old enough to want to go to a haunted house, I'm going to scare you. This is one of Mrs. Voice of Reason and I's favorite times of year. We love Halloween. We love the hauntedness. We love all the spookiness about it. So if you're big enough to want to go to a haunted house, we are going to scare the pants off of you. And she did good. I got on it. She did. We were trying to psych her out. You know, I was like, you know, Isla, not everybody comes out of the haunted house. So we have to stay close together because there are people that just don't come out the other end. (laughs) not traumatizing her but trying to have a little fun with her she was definitely scared walking through it grasping on to mommy and daddy's hands the entire time and at one point as we walked through the woods where we walked past them and then they turned on this big spotlight and the big air horn made her jump she flailed down onto the ground while she was holding on to us making mrs voice of reason and i bonk heads together which I'm sure the uh, workers of the haunted house were laughing hysterically, but they did. They stayed very professional during the entire thing, and it was a great time. So all in all, by the end of it, she w- she loved it. She said she wanted to go again. She had a great time. My little girl's growing up. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. But I'm still curious on whether the the costume itself 
is actually culturally appropriating. According to Today.com and the CBS Today, as they came out on, is it okay for white kids to dress up like Encanto and other, uh, excuse me, other favorite Disney characters as they talk about cultural appropriation for Halloween time? So I remember this a couple years ago, and I think I still have it. I may have to play the audio clip here in just a little bit. Uh, there was a video on what was uh, appropriate and what was not appropriate for cultural appropriation during Halloween time. I Let me skim through here. I, I swear I still have it. One of the I'll have to find it during the break and play it during the next one. That's okay. But nonetheless, there was a list of what you can and cannot do, including the red flags for cultural appropriation. Are you ready for this? So if you have any kids or if you have any grandkids, be aware because this is what's going to get you in trouble with the community if you go out and trick-or-treat with these Halloween costumes because you are offending other individuals number one does your child's costume represent a culture or race of people to which they do not belong if so then oh no you're culturally appropriating you can't do that yeah don't want to be doing that i mean that's just anybody so if your kid is white and likes encanto you can't do that that's culturally appropriating to hispanics if your kid is hispanic and likes oh i don't know frozen you can't do that because that's a white princess you can't be doing that your skin color is too dark damn it how dare you try to idolize that other person or that character that you really really like on disney (laughs) you can't dress up like that not allowed to think they're cool Not allowed to like their culture. Not allowed to be culturally diverse and understand their culture by trying to be like them. How dare you? Those that dress up like Native Americans. Don't you know the terrible things that happen to Native Americans? How dare you think that their heritage is cool by dressing up like one? Number two. Sorry, that was my little rant. Uh, Number two on their list of red flags. Does your child's costume play off of stereotypes about a certain group of people? If so, then you're culturally appropriating and you are a terrible parent for allowing your kids to do that. Again. Oh, man. Down, Down in the dumpsters on that one. Number three. Does your child's costume celebrate or exploit characteristics of a group that aren't encouraged or accepted in daily life? I don't even know what that means. Does your child's costume celebrate or exploit character? Oh, like, what does that mean? I don't know that's encouraged or accepted in daily life. Is that like the Native American wearing like a, a like a feather headdress or something? You're not allowed to do that because that's not um, encouraged or accepted in daily life? I mean, they do it for ceremonials. And I think that a holiday would be a ceremonial kind of time to celebrate it, but... Uh, I guess that's a that's down. You're not allowed to do that. Whatever that means, if you can decipher it, then you can realize whether that's okay or not. Number four, of course, blackface is the big no. Do not darken or color your skin or your kid's skin for a costume. Just don't do it. <laughs> that is the uh, red flags for cultural appropriation from today.com. As they talk about ways, just don't do it. Don't darken or color your skin. How far can you take that? Let's be honest. Darken your skin at all. Is that like a woman who puts on her makeup in the beginning of the day because they want to get rid of the glowiness from the pale skin that they have to try and darken their skin a little bit? Is that cultural appropriation because you've darkened your skin? You're supposed to be glow in the dark like Mr. Voice of Reason, apparently. 
They go on to talk about how you can't dress up as a quote-unquote Mexican or Cinco de Mayo that comes with sombreros and ponchos, nor can you dress up as a Native American princess with feathered headdresses. Quote, these costumes often draw on the racist or discriminatory stereotypes. According to Shannon Speed, the director of the American Indian Studies Center, an associate professor in gender studies and anthropology at UCLA, according to today's news. We've taken lunacy to an entirely new level here in the country because if you can't even celebrate a Disney character, then we have a serious problem. Black little girls that want to dress up like uh, Moana or want to dress up like, what's the the gal from Frozen? Um, I don't know, the two princesses, whatever they're. If they're not allowed to dress up like that, why? Just why? They love the movie Frozen. But you can't dress up like Anna or Elsa. Those are the names I was looking for. You can't dress up like them because that's cultural appropriation. Uh, On the other side, the white girl that wants to dress up like Moana or wants to dress up like, uh, and I'm trying to remember it. I'm trying to remember. I have a little girl. I know I'm going to remember this one. The Princess and the Pea Gal that's down in Louisiana. What is that movie? And it's the Black Princess. I can't remember it. But nonetheless, if they want to dress up like her, not allowed to do that. Not allowed to dress up like a Native American. So here's the big question. A uh, ancient Egyptian, cultural appropriation or not, the things that make you go, hmm. I think that we're going a little bit too far on the rage and the cancel culture. And by the way, the ones that are enraged about this on the cancel culture and cultural appropriation, massive majoritively is not by the actual organization. It's by the white people that are trying to tell you that the organizations or the groups are offended by this stuff they don't care in fact they enjoy having some interest in their culture because we're supposed to be culturally diverse and learning and understanding them so you think you would want to dress up like them if you think they're really cool but apparently that's bad today stay in your own lane Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Happy Halloween to you. Creating and celebrating and respecting diversity by not allowing the having fun of different diverse cultures. That's the way Halloween's all about now by the woke left because you should appreciate them. You should never try to dress up like them and have fun with them. You should never learn about them and think they're cool and want to be part of them because that's cultural appropriation. Now, if you are part of the group to where you truly, honestly identify as them, then you could just identify as whatever you want. I mean, come on. Elizabeth Warren was able to identify as a Native American for how long? I mean, <laughs> I mean let's go. Who was the gal that was the head of the NAACP for the longest time and found out she was not black at all? I mean... So if you truly identify as one that is totally cool, if you try to play one in some different culture of a different culture, whatever culture that may be, then you're very offensive and you're culturally appropriating and you're totally a racist, horrible human bigot. And you as the parent should be ashamed of yourself for teaching your children that that's okay. Here are the tips that they give you for the Halloween costumes. Trick or treat. Whoa, man, that is not cool your costume is like super racist 
racist. Yeah, Mexican's a culture, not a costume, and you're culturally appropriating it. Actually, it's not just a Mexican. It's Mexican singer, songwriter, and cultural icon Vicente Fernandez. Winner of three Grammy Awards, eight Latin Grammy Awards, 14 Lo Nuestro Awards, and a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, okay, but still dressing him up like a Mexican stereotype, all ay 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 is like super offensive. No, this is how we looked and dressed. Wait, is that real? Maybe the offensive thing is you consider a great artist like Vicente Fernandez nothing more than a generic Mexican stereotype. Oh, jeez. Yeah, dude, you're gross. Just like your cheap-ass candy. Hi there, trick-or-treaters. I'm sure you're worried about potentially offending people with your Halloween costume. No one wants to be accused of cultural appropriation or outright racism. That's why I'm here to show you a simple loophole. It's not racist if it's specific. Step one, pick a culture that fits your body type. Thanks to those Pilates classes, you'd look damn good in a loincloth. Step two, find a specific member of that culture. Step three, research their life and accomplishments. The more details you know, the better. Red Cloud's dying words, they promised to take our land and they took it. Whoa. If you do your in-depth research, you can dress as whomever you want because you will be totally prepared to handle moments like this. Trick or treat. Come on, you can't just dress like a cartoon Native American. I am Red Cloud of the Sioux Tribe, otherwise known as the Makpialuta, one of the most capable warriors the U.S. Army has ever faced. I spent a lifetime fighting for the rights of my people, and this is how you see me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Why? I wouldn't trade beads for your cheap-ass candy. Now that's how you get away with cultural appropriation. There it is. The tips on how to get away with cultural appropriation during the Halloween time. Uh, regardless of whether you think it's offensive or not offensive, let the kids have fun. Let them go out and trick-or-treat and be safe about it. But good golly, let's not be offended by everything. And oh, by the way, the other side of the aisle that's all about the wokeness on whether it's offensive, not offensive, who exactly draws those lines on offensiveness and appropriating and diversity and not? Because the ones that seem to be drawing those lines seem to be offended by us involved or interested in other cultures as well, which in my mind at least creates additional segregation, which in my mind creates a division between people, which is at the end of the day, we have to come to admit this is what just Democrats really want in the first place as well, isn't it? Happy Halloween to you. All right, we're going to take a bottom of the hour break here right around the corner. When we come back, we'll actually talk about something substantial today. It's not just Halloween, but it is on the same line as well as uh, the Kansas, or the U.S. Supreme Court is working on hearing, as of right now, a case on affirmative action at universities. So, again, the diversity... The cultural appropriation, the systematic racism in the nation. Is it there? And what will the Supreme Court decide on affirmative action? We'll do that when we come back here for a Monday on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John right, John. Welcome back into the program. Happy Monday. Happy Halloween. Won't you be my thunder buddy? 
anybody's watching the video stream, you'll get that one, as I am wearing my Ted outfit today, my Ted onesie bear suit that says Thunder Buddies for Life. And if you don't know that reference, then don't worry about it. <laughs> From the movie Ted, recommended if you don't mind a little bit of adult humor in that one, but uh, it's been a few years. I thought they were going to make a number three. I mean, the second one is all right. Don't know if I want to go any further than that anyways, but it's a classic nonetheless. So welcome back in. It's the Monday. It's the voice reason I am Andy Hoosier trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one at radio listener at a time. Hey, by the way, our newsletter is about ready to come out probably either the end of this week or on Monday next week. I like to give some time at the beginning of the month. Uh, for anybody who wants to sign up for the newsletter, it's very easy. Just go to the website at whosyourreason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R reason.com. Uh, as soon as you get there, it'll pop up and say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? Yeah, baby, power up your life a little bit. Do it. Type in your email. It's completely free. We don't spam you. We just send you a once-a-month email talking about our blog that we have for each month, uh, what's going on with the radio show, what's going on with us here at the Hoosier Media Network, and all that cool stuff. It's totally free. Again, just HoosierReason.com. Become a Hoosier-holic. Sign up, and we will send you that newsletter again either the end of this week or the beginning of next week. I'm just putting some final touches on it as we get that all ready and sent out and uh, going in. I, I may, you know what, I may release it on Election Day. Why not? On Tuesday next week on Election Day, we'll release it to where it is ready to go to get you pumped up for Election Day because that's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a long day, but I am excited and I'm excited to see what's going to happen all over the nation. All right, let's get into some what's trending stories of the day today. What do you say? What's trending today? As we talk about Halloween costumes and cultural appropriation, that seems to be the flavor of the day in Washington, D.C., as well as the U.S. Supreme Court is back at it hearing cases. This one on affirmative action, which is really the baby for Democrats here. This is their special pet project that they don't want anywhere to go. They don't want it to leave. They want to make sure that affirmative action stays right where it's at. Now, I will say that there is, obviously with the changing of time, whether it's from the founding of this nation, whether it's from the Civil War, whether it's from the Great uh, the Great Compromise, or whether it's from the Great New Deal that was at, uh, at the end of World War I and II, where regardless of what time era that we're in, and we created laws in that time that fit the times of the day, it's always good to revisit them and see whether they're working or they're not working, whether it's actually beneficial or whether it's harming. The affirmative action case essentially came after obviously world war came after the civil war when everybody was free and we started looking at ways to try and make it available for higher education or for the workforce or for whatever with those uh, minority groups to make sure that they had an equal shake in the whatever industry that we're talking about at that time i think that may okay maybe maybe it had a purpose back in the day when we were first trying to get things up and going today though as far as I'm aware, th- we don't need these types of organizations, do we? We don't need this type of movement, this affirmative action of, you know, you are oppressed, therefore you need a leg up above somebody else. So therefore you may have a lower GPA, but we're going to cap the amount of white people, cap the amount of Asian people, cap the amount of black people or Hispanic people on who can work here, who can go to school here. That's kind of a racist mentality in itself, is it not? Hey, We know that you're way more qualified than somebody else, but we already hit our quota for your kind of people. So sorry, you're not going to be allowed to get in any longer because we need to reserve a specific amount for this certain people. 
and now it's bled into the women and versus men, and then it's really bled into the LGBTQ. I mean, pretty soon we're going to be like, as a company, you must have 10% of your employees to be gay or transgender. I mean, that's kind of the world that we're going into nowadays, isn't it? And Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the newly appointed Supreme Court Justice, sparred a little bit earlier today with some lawyers with the Students for uh, Fair Admissions. Because they're saying that we don't need this any longer. We need fair admissions. Because there are groups out there that are being misrepresented, that are not getting a fair shake, and even though they bust their you-know-what to try and get into college, they're not getting into certain places because of the affirmative action that's not allowing them because, well, sorry, your type has already been capped out. And that's insane. That truly does show that if you put in the work and put the legwork into something that you're not going to get your fair shake and you're not going to get the return on investment based on the hard work, which isn't that the American dream. You put in the hard work, you put in whatever you want to put into it, and you're going to get out whatever you put into it because of that. If you put hard work into whatever you're focusing on, you're going to get that response back. You're going to get that result back to you. That's not the case with affirmative action. Sorry, you can potentially... Unless we get capped out and then you're just, you know, SOL and you're out of luck because, well, you know what, we've already covered that quota for the kind of people that you are. That is the most bigoted, close-minded, racist mentality out there. But Andy, there's some less fortunate people. There's always going to be less fortunate people out there. And the focus should not be putting the Band-Aid on something like affirmative action to cap success for other people. It should be getting other people to raise their level and to help them to get to that level of competitiveness, should it not be? But like usual, the federal government, Democrats, progressives, the establishment, the big government goons out there that all like this government oppression, they don't grasp that concept of actually dealing with a more difficult, deeper issue here. If there is a community out there that is having less of a success rate in graduation, less of a success rate in the workforce, less of a succession in uh, admittance to college or higher education, then why don't we figure out why they're not able to get into higher education as opposed to just saying, we're going to reserve a slot for you because we feel bad for you. So we're going to cap off other people that worked hard or other people that had the opportunity to make sure we save you a spot because we're going to give you that participation trophy. Explain to me how that makes sense in any way, shape, or form. Harvard University says that they've gone above and beyond trying to work on their own way outside of just the affirmative action, and this is what they said during the hearings as they went with Ketanji Brown-Jackson today. The evidence in the case is that for decades, Harvard has been taking steps other than the conscious, uh, other than race consciousness, to increase the level of diversity, including ethnic and racial diversity. And these are discussed actually in the Smith Committee report and and Dean Smith's testimony and in the findings. It, for example, in the wake of Grutter and actually before, substantially increased the amount of resources that it put in outreach, in partnering with organizations that um, that assist and you know advance the educational potential of minority and low socioeconomic students. It. I mean, that sounds like a good program. Let's not worry about affirmative action. 
let's actually just focus on, hey, if there's a group that doesn't have as many opportunities, let's reach out to them. Let's focus on that community and figure out why they're not as competitive in the markets. A university, for example, has X amount of students that it can have until it has to expand, obviously. I guess there's an unlimited amount as long as they have the resources, the teachers and the staff and the buildings to be able to do it. So if it grows too much and they're just going to expand, that's not the case right now as a university enrollment's going downward because it's way too damn expensive and they just want to raise tuition rates when there's less students out there. So I guess that makes sense. But their rule is theoretically, if all these students want to go there, they just expand. So why in the world do we need to cap it and say we need to have an X percent of black students, X percent of women students, X percent of black woman students, (laughs) X percent of Hispanic students or Asian students or whatever? Why play these damn games? I have to admit, and I know this goes on around the world, but the United States is really, really, really at a low IQ level because they focus so much of the identity politics to where that's what makes or breaks us. That's what drives us to do certain things. Not the quality any longer, not the standards that we hold up any longer. We lower the standards to try to include more so we can say that we're inclusive and we're diverse. Who came up with this argument about the concept of equity? And we've talked about that many times on the show here as well. Who comes up with the level of equity? Everybody is equal. Look, we need to go back to constitutional values, which again is why... We need to fall back on our principles here. The Constitution says that everybody, man and woman, is created equal under God. Therefore, everybody should have an equal opportunity. Not equal outcome, but equal opportunity. It also goes into the American dream. The streets paved with gold and the opportunity for everyone that it, you can get out of it what you put into it. And when you put your hard work in, you're going to have success and it's going to come back to you tenfold. That's what we have to have in this nation. And we're lacking that not because of systematic oppression and systematic racism, although there is flavors to that, but it's not from constitutional values. It's not from the Republicans. It's not from the evil right people. It's from the woke left who says that we have to include you, so therefore we're going to cut off success because you could put whatever you want to into it, but unless you're a certain race or you're a certain color, then we need to actually protect you and actually give you something because we feel bad. When are we going to have the tough, challenging conversations in this nation and not just put a blanket Band-Aid on it, not just give a a deep cut to it, but actually have the challenging conversation of, hey, there are communities that don't have the same opportunities. And let's admit that. There are communities that don't have the same opportunity. And it breaks my heart because everybody should have that same opportunity. Opportunity should be fair. The outcome is going to be whatever you put into it. And if they don't have that same opportunity, let's get them the resources to do that. And guess what, though? It's not going to be money because we just throw money at it left and right. In fact, near 80 to 90% of all education funding K-12 through goes to the inner city schools all over the country at their statewide levels. They go to the big cities, and yet they're the ones that have the least amount of opportunities. Something still isn't there. The glass ceiling has been put onto certain groups by the government, by the Democrats that dominate those areas and control and regulate those areas while they claim racism. And then they try to put in affirmative action to do the all-inclusive, everybody gets the participation trophy mentality. With Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, welcome back into the program. You think that racism is done in the nation? You think that slavery is done in the nation? I'm here to tell you that I think it's still alive and alive very well, but it's done in a more acute way, behind-the-scenes way to where they control you and they don't even know it. When the Democrats and the big government establishment types put the glass ceiling over minority communities, over inner-city communities, over low-finance uh, low, uh, low individuals, low-income individuals, it's not about race anymore. It's about class. It is the class warfare, whether you're black or you're white or you're Hispanic or you're Asian or whatever else, or Native American. If you are low income, then we're going to give you your check. You're going to like it. You're going to te- we'll take care of you as long as you vote the certain way and make sure that no one actually cuts those benefits like those evil Republicans. We'll go ahead and take care of you like that. And you just stay like this your whole life. You'll be completely happy and content. You're not allowed to grow, not allowed to prosper. Not allowed to gain or do anything else. Not allowed to start a business or expand yourself, expand your horizons. No, no. We're going to keep you tied right in there because that's what we do as Democrats. That's what it's all about. This affirmative action garbage. And that's exactly what it is. It's garbage. It is the low information voter mindset of, hey, we need to protect certain groups, so we're going to do it through a government program as opposed to creating opportunities so where people don't need affirmative action just to stay in the game. That's what we have to do. And the only way you can do that is through the private sector to get people back up and at it to expand and to grow and to prosper and to flourish. So hopefully the U.S. Supreme Court will come to the proper decision. If they reverse uh, affirmative action, that would be, as Donald Trump says, huge. That would be bigly in this nation. But I don't I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. Will it? Winning. I very well could be. Who knows? I mean, the Supreme Court's made some interesting uh, decisions already uh, moving forward. One of them is hilarious. Samuel, Ale- uh, Samuel Alito, Supreme Court justice, conservative guy, obviously made the uh, the news quite a bit because he's one of the evil right-wingers on the Supreme Court that's changing the nation as it needs to be. He, during one of his speeches, during this affirmative action conversation, uh, said that we also need to confirm that you are who you are if you are going to take a minority status in this nation. And he took a nice shot, according to MSN.com, about family lore on whether you're Native American or not. Oh, my. Oh, he went there. Oh, he went there. As he made the conversation about Elizabeth Warren, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito referenced uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren in the line of questioning. As <laughs> he said, quote, it's family lore that we have an ancestor who was an American Indian. I identify as an American Indian because I've always been told that some ancestor back in the old days was an American Indian. Sorry, that doesn't count on whether <laughs> you get the status of Native American or not. I <laughs> but... The fact that he even mentioned that, I say, well done, my friend. You are a great success, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is hilarious with, what is it, one 122nd thousandth or something of what uh, her DNA showed was Native American for Elizabeth Warren. But by golly, she knows she is a true, on authentic, blue-eyed, blonde-haired Native American from Oklahoma who wrote cooking books of Native American foods. That's who we're up against here. The ones that, again are all about the wokeness and cultural appropriation during Halloween. The ones are about let's protect certain groups because they have been abused and taken advantage of and are have less opportunities than others. That's the group that's coming out saying this garbage while they're the ones that don't even know what they are in the first place. They don't know what gender they are. They don't know what race they are. We have Elizabeth Warren that thought she was Native American. 
We have Beto O'Rourke calling himself Beto O'Rourke because he thinks he's Hispanic when his name is Robert Francis O'Rourke and he's from Ireland. Now, uh, that's not to say that you have a nickname with certain cultures and you get along with other cultures uh, because why not? Because you're supposed to diversify. But to claim yourself to be one, the gal that ran the NAACP that had zero blackness in her life at all as well, this you can identify all you want to. Doesn't make it so when it comes to a legal document. You can be as Hispanic or as black as you want to, even if you don't have any of that DNA. And you can love the culture. You can love the people. You can get along with them all you want to. But to put it on a legal document to say, I'm going to get it through my college tuition. I'm going to get land in certain reservation areas. I'm going to get uh, a special treatment for the Bar Association like Elizabeth Warren did when she applied for her legal status. That's when there's a problem. If that were the case, then why don't we just identify as everything so that way we can get all the special treatment from the government? Why not? Why not? And to hell with the ones that actually really truly do need it because, again, they're trying to get a help up to get in society. Well done, Democrats. You have created a system that you think is for somebody and then you abuse it by taking advantage of it because you're the elitist, narcissistic, crazy people on the other side of the aisle. And it's fun to watch you self-implode. We'll see what the Supreme Court does. That does it for us today. Happy Halloween. And oh, by the way, happy birthday to Mrs. Voice of Reason, also celebrating Halloween today as well. You thought I forgot, didn't you? Oh, no. Happy birthday, Mrs. Voice of Reason. We're back at it again tomorrow. Be your own Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.